Well, good morning. Honored to be here with you this morning, another week, and I'm not fired, so this has been a good week. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. I want you guys to know this, uh, that we are just as excited, and we are even more excited and even more honored to be here and to be on staff at this church and to serve you guys. Uh, it's, it's, it's a privilege and it's an honor, and it's something we don't take for granted, we don't take lightly. And so thank you so much for your trust and your confidence in, uh, in what God's doing through us and what God's doing through this entire body. Amen? Yeah, so we're excited about the future here. Now, if we we'll go ahead and go to that first slide. I want to talk to you this morning about M&M's. Okay? All right. All right. M&M's. I'm a full gospel preacher. So I'm just curious, how many, in here this morning, how many of your, 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 your favorite is just the plain M&M, just the plain one? Raise your hand. All right, how, how many nutty people do I have in your peanut? All right, awesome, that's, that's, my, that's my favorite too. We're in good, good company. How many like the peanut butter M&M's? A, a couple there, okay. They have crispy M&M's now, anyone, any crispy fans? Yeah, me neither, good. Almond, have any almond fans? Oh, all right, awesome, awesome. They just come out with a new one. It's called Coffee Bean. Coffee Bean M&M's. Gore's has them. I'm not advertising for anybody, but I'm just saying. And uh, they'll, they'll pep you right up. Chocolate and espresso, all in one. Many years ago, I wouldn't be able to say that behind somebody got pulpit. But how many of you have tried the new Coffee Bean m and yeah, okay, so we got a few. Awesome, awesome. Well, this morning, I just want to talk to you about M&M's Christmas, all right? And you're, what in the world, what Bible are you preaching out of? I have no idea, okay, but we're going to get there. We're going to talk about this this morning. I heard a story about a little boy and a little girl who were singing their favorite Christmas carol in church the Sunday before Christmas, and the boy concluded Silent Night with these words, Sleep in Heavenly Beams. And his sister elbowed him, and she goes, you idiot, it's not beans, it's peas. Sleep in heavenly peas. Now, that's not funny, is it? Now, <laughs> I thank you for those courtesy laughs, I appreciate that. But the way many of us feel, by the time we're ready for Christmas, the song might as well say, beans or peas. Because how many know that sometimes the peace of Christmas can elude us? The peace of Christmas. I've compiled a list here of some things that happen this time of year that we need to watch out for uh, that can really add to the stress of the Christmas season. All right, So if you're ready to take notes, take notes. This is the most spiritual we're going to get. Number one, shopping for gifts. Okay? That's pretty stressful. If you're a man, you say amen. amen. Number two, wrapping the gifts. Thank God for gift bags, right? Number three, having enough money to pay for the gifts. Number four, getting to all the Christmas parties. Number five, putting up the decorations in the tree. We're going to have fun this afternoon, though. It won't be stressful at all. Number six, fighting the traffic in town. (laughs) 
I will say this, the other day in ceiling, there were four cars in front of me, and we were all waiting to turn. And I was like, this is ridiculous, right? <laughs> crazy. Laying, <laughs> laying on the horn. Number seven, if you're married, trying to work out when you're going to celebrate at both families without offending someone. Ooh, that hit home, I guess. <laughs> Never mind. Number eight, going to all the stores to find out that the gift you're looking for, they're out of. Number nine, gaining weight. Move on. Number ten. Facing relatives you really can't stand to be around. <laughs> Do not look at your spouse. <laughs> Number 11, Christmas lights that don't work. <laughs> Number 12, members of your family who find where, they, where you hid their presents. You need a snoopaholic. That's what you got. So, with these being said, let me share the seven irrevocable laws of the Christmas season. Okay? Number one, the time you spend finding a parking spot will be directly equal to the amount of time you spend shopping. Okay? Number one. Number two, the other checkout line always moves faster. Okay? If you don't think so, change lines and watch what happens. Okay? Number three, come on, someone say this is good preaching. <laughs> we ever going to get to Jesus? Maybe, we'll get there. Beware, number three, beware of the three most frightening words of this season. Some assembly required. Okay, watch out for that. Be aware that the assembled toys take three times as long to assemble as they say. Because the guy who wrote the instructions speaks five different languages, English not being one of them. Okay? There will always be a pile of bolts and nuts and things like that left over after the assembling is done. They don't belong to anything. They're just extras. Okay? Number four, the three most overlooked words. Batteries not included. You wake up, your kids, they've been wanting that new robot for Christmas. Wake up, they unwrap it, they're so excited. I can't wait to turn on the Robot 2000. You don't have any batteries. You just won Parent of the Year Award, yeah. right? Because yeah. now nothing's open and they have to wait till the next day. Yeah. Number five, when you return to the, get to the store to buy the gift that your wife showed you the previous day, guess what? It's not there and they won't be receiving anymore. Number six, if you hear a loud crash in your living room, it's highly probable your Christmas tree is laying on its side. Number seven, and finally, if your toilet is ever going to break or overflow or if your sink is ever going to clog, it will when everyone is at your house for Christmas. Does that preach to anybody in the place? All right. Hey, bow your heads as we conclude, Father. No, I'm just joking. I'm just messing. In the midst of all of this, does Christ have anything to say to us through the hurry and the rush of this Christmas season? I believe he does. After all, it's his birthday party. So I think he's got something to say. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 if you're there. Luke chapter 10. I haven't told you that, so you can't be there. Luke chapter 10, 
verses 38 through 42 is where we'll be reading this morning. It'll be on the screen as well. It says this in verse 38, that as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. (laughs) How many have a sister like that? Martha, Martha. I just think of the Brady Bunch when I read this. Marsha, 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 right? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, Martha and Mary, they had a home in Bethany, and it seems probable that Martha, being the older sister, was the owner of the house. From all of our conclusions, we can get that. Martha's younger sister, Mary, she lived with her, but Martha definitely ran the household. Jesus, he had come to visit, and it's very probable that Jesus and his disciples and those who followed him numbered at about 50 to 70 people. So we're just not talking about 5, 10, 15, 20 people. We're talking 50 to 70 people that was with Jesus, the disciples, and all those who were with him. Martha was busy cleaning, cooking, taking care of business, doing the household chores. And Martha was upset with her little sister for not being concerned, as concerned about the kitchen as she was. She made the mistake of complaining to Jesus about this. Now you can just hear her. Doesn't anyone care how busy I am? Right? You can just hear her. She comes in the room with her hors d'oeuvres on her beautiful little Christmas tray, right? And she goes, oh, Mary, dear sister, there you are. No, no, don't give up. Don't get up. Don't, don't bother. You just stay right there. And as she passed through the living room, do you think she just walked or do you think she stomped a little bit? You know, I can just picture her stomping through the living room. I can picture her stomping through that front room where all the people were at. Oh, don't bother, Mary. You just stay right there. No, 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 don't, don't bother. You just sit there. Jesus, I wish I had time to sit here and chit-chat like other people do, but I got work to do, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I wonder as Martha moved into the kitchen, did she bang the pots and pans a little louder? As she passed through the family room, what was that passing by like? What were the sighs? How many of you have ever been communicated with by your, by your spouse with a sigh? <sighs> and you can just see Martha. Jesus, I know you're going to want grape jelly with your biscuits. Mary won't help you. I will. Right? You can just see Martha as she passes by looking over at Mary. Huh. Right? You can just picture this. You, you, can, you can picture this. I'm telling you, man, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. The Holy Spirit got a hold in my mouth. <laughs> he said, don't do that, boy. <laughs> 
But you can just see this whole interaction taking place with Martha and Mary and Jesus and those people that are in the room. And you can just see Martha and her frustration. You know, I know me. I know when I'm frustrated. I'm unloading the dishwasher or loading the dishwasher or breaking dishes so I don't have to worry about the dishwasher, right? I know I'm clanging things a little. I don't care if pots hit a little bit. I, don't, I want everyone in the house to hear what I'm doing, yeah. right? You thought I was holy. <laughs> and here's Martha. The Savior, the disciples were there. Now, I'm telling you this. If Jesus, if you told me Jesus is coming to your house today, I'm going home and I'm cleaning. Right? Formula 409, spick and span, pine salt, whatever. We're going to do it all. That's just the way I am. It's, it was important that the house to be clean. It's important for the dinner to be on time. Martha wanted these things to be perfect. She worked so hard for Jesus, but she didn't enjoy it. And sometimes we work so hard at church activities, but we don't enjoy it. We're not happy. Stop looking at me. It's difficult to be happy when you don't spend time with the Savior. Many times we spend time for the Savior, but we don't spend time with the Savior. Oh, this is good. And I can, I can tell you this in my marriage. Okay, in our marriage, there was so, I, you know, I thought I'm the husband, I'm the provider, I'm the man, you know. I cook meat with fire, right? <laughs> That's what it was. You know, that's, that's who I am. And so I spent time for my family. I spent time working for my family. But there was a, a season, there was a time that I didn't spend a whole lot of time with my family because I spent the time for the family. And my family quickly let me know we would rather you spend time with us than for us. Right. We'd rather have ramen noodles than, 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 than fried chicken as long as you're at the dinner table with us. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And we spend time for the Savior, but we fail to spend time with the Savior, especially during this season. And Mary was seeking after Jesus. She sat at his feet. She had a burning desire to hear all that Jesus said. But Martha, Martha was a good woman. Martha was concerned, though, with all the exterior things. But Martha, Mary was focused on Jesus. So let's look at Mary's approach, and let's look at Martha's approach here. Number one, Mary's approach. What was Mary's approach to Jesus like? Well, Mary is described as the one in verse 39 who sat at the Lord's feet. Every time we see Mary in Scripture, we see her at the feet of Jesus. In these days, the one who sat at another's feet placed themselves humbly in a, in a position before that teacher. That, that, if, if you were sitting under a rabbi, today, if, if, if this was uh, uh, back in, in this time, and we were in a synagogue today, and, 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 and we had Rabbi White, and he was up here, you know, bringing the word, we wouldn't be sitting in pews like we are right now. Guess where we would be? Down here at his feet. That's where we would be sitting. And so in this day when you would sit uh, before a, a rabbi or you'd sit before a teacher and you'd come and you'd sit at their feet, you were humbly positioning yourself to be taught and to learn from them. Each time we find Mary, we find her sitting at the feet of Jesus. She start, she, we, we find her sharing, number one, her grief at his feet. 
Because if you flip back to John chapter 11, verse 32, it said when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Remember Lazarus? This was his sister. And we see her, I did that moment, she's laying her grief at the feet of Jesus. She comes and she falls at his feet and she says, Lord, if you wouldn't have, if you'd just been here, my brother would still be alive. Mary was filled with great grief and it turned, and then she turned to the only source that could remove that grief. And maybe you're here this morning. And let's just be real. For some, this Christmas season is going to be tough. For some, you've lost a loved one over this past year, and this is going to be your first Christmas without them. And there's, 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 there's a, 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 a great trial. There, 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 there's a, a, a great test in this first Christmas. Let's be really real here. Maybe you've just lost a loved one. Maybe you've, you've just lost your job, and you're wondering, how are the bills going to get paid? And how are we going to provide for Christmas this year? And how are we going to make the mortgage? And how are we going to make these payments? And you're full of worry, and you're full of grief. You're full of sorrow. You're full of sadness. I, I want you to take a lesson from Mary. And this morning, I want you to come, and I want you to fall at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you can bring your grief, and you can bring your sadness, and you can bring your sorrow, and you can bring it, and you can lay it before his feet. Yes, you, can. you can kneel at his feet. Number two, not only did she bring her grief to his feet, she worshiped at his feet. In John chapter 12, verse 3, then Mary took about a pint of expensive perfume. She poured it on the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. I got a question for us. When was the last time worship cost you something? Think about that. When was the last time that our worship was costly? David, he said it this way in 2 Samuel chapter 24. He said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. I want to challenge us to step out of our routine and our habits and during this holiday season worship the Lord with something that costs you something. Oh, I'm getting a lot of amens. Worship with something that costs you something. If you see someone in need, help them out. You're giving to others. And as you give to others, that giving honors Christ. In fact, Matthew 25, 40 says, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. She laid her grief at his feet. She worshiped at his feet. Number three, she listened to his words at his feet. We just read Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. That was Mary's approach. What's Martha's approach? We see Martha's approach. Before we attack Martha and we attack her approach to Jesus, we need to see that each time we see Martha in Scripture, we see her working. If you wanted something done, did you go to Mary? No. You went to who? You went to Martha. You went to Martha. Martha was the one who got it done. At the death of their brother, Lazarus, Mary comes and goes before the feet of Jesus. What does Martha do? Martha went and sought after Jesus herself. She went out. She was the one that brought Jesus. Being a great worker is vitally important to our service to God. Yet a work must be balanced with worship. Work must be balanced with worship. So what was Martha's approach? Well, number one, we see that she sends out the welcome. Luke 10, 38. It says, and a woman named Martha opened her home to him. The intentions of Martha are very honorable. She had all the intentions to honor Jesus in her home. Like many of us, this Christmas season with nativity scenes and angels and carols and all the things that we have, uh, our intentions are honorable. 
Yet this is a breath of fresh air to Jesus who had no place to lay his head. This was refreshing to enter the house of a loved one who already held him as Lord of their life. So she sends out the welcome. But then number two, she stresses about her work. Luke 1040, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. We've talked about it. Can't you see Martha stomping around the house, banging pots and pans, pounding her fist into the dough? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that described your Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Frowning at Mary every time she walked past her, looking at her, going, Ugh, I want to shake my sister. Why won't she get up and help me? This ain't hamburger helper. This service trap happens to all of us, including me, the one speaking this morning. How do I know? Because you ask a person about themselves, and what's the first thing they'll tell you? What they do. Hey, what's your name? My name is Bob. Tell me about yourself, Bob. Well, I'm a plumber. If you're Bob and you're a plumber in here, I'm not... I just threw that out there. (laughs) What's your name? My name is Lucille. Lucille, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm a hairdresser. Awesome. What do we do? We tie our worth to our what? Our work. We tie our worth to our work. Because that's how we value ourselves. That's how we view ourselves. But can I be real with you? This is not how God sees us. Our worth is not attached to our work. Our worth is attached to Jesus Christ. That's who our worth is attached to. So not only does she stress out about the work, but she scolds them with her wrath. In verse 40. Everybody's still with me? It's quiet in this church. All right. You're processing, right? You're processing. Luke 10, 40. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I'm going to say this and I'm going to duck behind this pulpit. Okay? Being too busy always leads to being too bossy. I feel my job hanging by a thread right now, Pastor. (laughs) Being too busy leads to being too bossy. I want you to look at your neighbor and say he's not talking about you. (laughs) And look at your other neighbor and say he's talking about them. The one she is honoring, the one that she is adoring, the one that she is common and and, and opens her home to honor is the one she is now ordering in anger. It's a double-edged sword. Because on one side, she's accusing Jesus for a lack of concern, and then the other side, she's cutting Mary for her laziness. She was so angry that she doesn't even address Mary by name. She says, that sister. Tell my sister. 
get up and help. Lazy bones. In the Greek, that's what it means. No, I'm just joking. So we see Mary's approach. We see Martha's approach. Well, what's Jesus' approach? Well, he speaks to Martha, and he says, Hush your mouth, woman. Right? No, he doesn't say that at all. <laughs> I want you to catch this. What does he say? He says, Martha, Martha. Notice he says it twice. Martha, Martha. Now, right now, the Lord has every opportunity to get angry at Martha for lashing out at him. He has every opportunity, but yet we see this compassion in our Savior. We see this quality that endears our heart to his. Every time you see the Lord mentioning someone's name twice like this, we see the love that he has for them, and we see the great ability that he has to overlook their setbacks and to accept them. If you remember, he did this with Jerusalem. He did this with Peter. He did this later with the Apostle Paul. Here he's doing this with Martha. He speaks to her in warmth. And then number two, he shows her how she's wrong. In 41, verse 41, he says, you are worried and upset about many things. It's interesting that Jesus, that Jesus this word worried, in the King James, it says careful. This is the Greek word merimneo, okay? Merimneo. And what does this Greek word mean? It's where we get our word marinette from. What's a marinette? A puppet. A puppet that's pulled by many strings. Do you know what it's like to be pulled by many strings this time of year? Do you know what it's like to have everybody wanting a, a piece of your time, a piece of, a piece of the pie, and you only have a certain amount of pie, right? And if it's coconut, we're not sharing. <laughs> You've you got people who are pulling it at, at, from all different angles and all different ways. And in this time of year, it's easy to spread ourselves too thin. It's easy. It's, it's a Christmas tradition, like eggnog, that once Christmas is over, we're like, okay, whew, now I can relax. I know this from being a pastor since I was 17 years old. I know what it's like to go through this season, and can I be real, not even like this season. Can I just be honest? Because you're so invested in things, and you're so invested in, in all these different things that are pulling at your time that by the time Christmas gets here, you're like, I'm glad it's over. Calgon, take me away. Right? And he states to her true wisdom. He says one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. Talk about priorities. We got to separate the wants and the needs. The Lord said only one thing is needful. And this is so refreshing about the Lord. He narrows things down to the nitty gritty. He keeps it simple. This holiday season, this Christmas season, what are the memories that's going to last forever? Is it all the work all the cooking, I think we need one more dozen rolls. I need three more dozen cookies. I got to make Pastor Jared a coconut pie. You go with that, girl. You go. <laughs> that bow does not match that wrapping paper. What's wrong with him? 
right? What's the things that's going to last forever? Is it those things or is it the love that's shared between friends and family? As we reflect back on the birth and the life of our Lord and Savior. Now catch me. The moral of this time with Mary and Martha this morning is not that Mary is right and Martha's wrong. In fact, Mary would be wrong not to get up and to start working for the Lord. Oh, now we went to meddling. (laughs) I believe that many times we wrongly contrast Martha and Mary as though each Christian has to make a decision, a choice. Are we going to be a worker like Martha or a worshiper like Mary? Which one are you? But we wrongly do that. Because in doing so, we miss the point. The Lord wants us to imitate Mary in our worship and Martha in our work, but achieve a balance in both. And when one shifts, when one gets off kilter, when one totally shifts, the dynamic of our relationship with the Lord changes. We need to keep everything in perspective. Like Martha, sometimes we get so involved in good works that we forget to maintain that relationship by spending some time at his feet. On the other hand, spending all of our lives at his feet without serving creates an imbalance. And the successful Christian life is a life that's well balanced. A church would be in a dangerous predicament if everyone labored all the time but never listened. And it would be in just as dangerous of a predicament if everyone compromised and we listened but didn't labor. We never put into action what we heard him say. On the night that Jesus was born, angels from heaven announced, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Do you remember that? Don't let the celebration of the most peace-filled night in earth's history turn into one of the most stressful times of your year. This is good. Enjoy. I wanted to do this this morning because I, I want us to go through this Christmas season. And this, this afternoon when we're here at 4 o'clock and everyone is here, right? And we're, we're decorating this place. Let this be a joyous thing that we're doing. Let this, no, no I've got to be there at 4. Carolyn's going to send me an email. <laughs> right? We'll throw music on. We'll get Dr. Pepper. (laughs) We will make this a time where you enjoy. You're not coming just like, okay, tree, tree, done. Okay, tree, tree, done, right? No, we're going to talk and we're going to enjoy and we're going to fellowship. I was talking to Carolyn this week, and this is her heart. She wants this to be just a great time where we come together and we enjoy this family atmosphere as we prepare the Lord's house for the lives that will come in through this Christmas season, ready to serve the Lord, ready to turn their heart to God. That's what this is about. Enjoy this time. And the moment that our service stops being a time that we enjoy, we need to come and fall back at his feet. And say, Lord, help me because I'm losing it. I'm losing it. And I can tell you over the past few years, I've spent a lot of time at his feet because I've lost it a lot. Can I just be real? 
I've spent a lot of time at his feet. God, help me to enjoy this time. And I, well, that's our prayer for all of us. Yeah. Let this be the greatest Christmas season ever. Yeah. And I hope that on December 26th, we don't say, man, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> I hope we say, man, I wish we could carry this all year long. Not the turkey, that could get old, right? But I wish we could carry this spirit, this camaraderie, this love, all year long. Amen? This morning as you leave, I call this an M&M Christmas. Maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't. A Mary and Martha Christmas. As you leave, everyone's going to get a package of it. <laughs> See, you just thought I was dumb. (laughs) You never hit the M&M's, preacher. (laughs) As you leave this morning, there'll be ushers at the door as you exit. And they're there with a bag of M&M's for everybody. Right? Aren't you glad you come to church? You take a picture of this and you put it on Facebook for all those who weren't here. And you let them know. (laughs) Looky what we got. Right? (laughs) <laughs> but as you leave this morning, I want you to grab a, a bag of M&M's. And my, my hope and my prayer is this, that every time throughout this Christmas season that you see an M&M's, and you're going to see a lot of commercials with those M&M guys, right? They're on TV all the time, the and Santa, right? And you're going to see these at stores, and you're going to see these everywhere. Every time you see a bag of M&M's, I hope it triggers your mind to come back to this place this morning. And I hope it reminds us. Okay, am am I balanced? Am I balanced in my work? Am I balanced in my worship? Have I spent all my time worshiping that I haven't really got out and acted upon what he said to do? Or have I been so busy acting, acting out what I feel like he's told me to do that I failed to spend some time worshiping who he is? So every time you see these throughout these next month, I hope that, I hope that just reminds you of what was spoken and what the Lord's saying to your life this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet with me today. Father, we just come before you today. God, I thank you. Thank you for our time together. God, thank you for your word today. And Father, let us not take for granted the opportunity that we have to gather in your house, to come together, to worship together. Father, this morning, I pray that we each make that declaration in our heart and our life that we will not go through another Christmas season stressed out. We will not go through another Christmas season burdened down and worried about all the preparation that has to be done that we're distracted from what this season is really about it's about the moment that our Lord and Savior stepped out of his glory of heaven and came and was born a man upon the face of this earth lived a perfect sinless spotless life and gave his life for mine that I might step into the glory of heaven with him for eternity. 
Father, this morning we praise you. And right now we just do an internal investigation of our own heart, of our own life, of our own time. And God, we look and we see, okay, is is there a balance here? Are things starting to get totally off kilter already? Or God, is there a balance in my life? And Lord, help me to keep that balance in this season. Where work and worship are both about you and are both enjoyable to the purpose I have in my life. Father, I ask this this morning in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, maybe as we've talked about this, this work and this worship, Mary and Martha, you're here today and you would say, you know what, I, I don't even really know what this is about because I really haven't even gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm not working for his glory and I'm not worshiping him either because right now my heart is not centered upon him. And so today if you're here and you would say there needs to be a change in my heart, there needs to be a change in my life and I need to give my life to Jesus Christ or maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe once everything was just going smooth and maybe you had a relationship with God but now you know that relationship is gone. You've turned your back and you've walked away. This morning's a perfect opportunity to come back home before we get to work to sit at his feet and to worship today. If you're here and you say, yeah, I need... I need to pray this prayer with you, Pastor. I need to pray this prayer. I need to get Jesus back in the center of my life. If that's you on the count of three, will you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Anybody, anywhere? Yes, thank you. Awesome. Yes, thank you. Awesome. everybody in this place, will you say this prayer with me? And you too that raised your hand, you said, you know what, I I need to get Jesus back in the center. I I don't want these just to be words that flow from my mouth. I want these to be words that flow from your heart. I just want to lead you in this prayer this morning as we give everything back to God. Everyone in the house, come on, will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord, we come to you today wanting you to come back wanting you to to draw us back. And this morning we recognize that you never left, but we walked away. So today, I give my heart and life to you. I trust you with everything. You're the Lord and Savior of my life. I give up my old ways and I grab hold of the new because this morning I've been made new. I'm a new creation in Christ. And as of this moment, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. You are my Lord, and you are my Savior, and you are everything in my life. 
and I trust you with it all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you said that prayer with us this morning, we believe that man, God did some incredible work in your heart and in your life. And we'd like the opportunity to pray with you personally. If you'd like, so after service, just come on up. And, and we, again, we'd just like to encourage you in this new relationship that you have. Remember, as you leave this morning, if you're a guest, a visitor with us today, uh, Pastor and, and Sherry are out in the front, out in the foyer by the coffee shop ready to meet you and and ready to greet you personally again thank you for coming this morning thank you for being a part of our worship service let's make this a great m&m christmas amen amen